Posse Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Packcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, I'm freaking fracking grassy, and I have been looking forward to this day for quite some time. For quite some time. You might be staring at your screen right now, going, wait a minute. Who is that incredibly attractive gentleman? And Tom, who is that? Who is that? And ladies and gentlemen, it's Lions Week. And so I thought it was only appropriate to bring on a legend, an icon of the Tom Grassi YouTube channel. Oh, this is where we're going with it. The eyes are starting to get filled with recognition. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim frickin' frackin' B. Hello, PatCast audience. So glad I could be here to uh, share this misery with all of you. Jim B, I cannot tell you how happy and elated I am that you are on this show right now. Well, well, do your best, you know, use your words. Try it out, man. Uh, okay. I think this be good. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. And Jimby, as promised, because you have a beverage, I have a beverage. Now it's a show. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. What are we drinking this fine evening? Uh, this is the cocktail that I created in the throes of lockdown. This mm. is the pack cast. Ah. That it. So it's just like bleach or. No, um, oh. I'll put the specific recipe in the comments for this video when it comes Excellent. out, but it includes vodka, uh, Midori, Ooh. lemon juice. Makes sense. And a tiny bit of chartreuse. You put in a tiny bit, otherwise your mouth will kick you in the head later <laughs> out of anger. Wow, that's, that's phenomenal. And that sounds delicious. It is, it is. I finally found the right proportions and you just, you know, put a little piece of lemon peel and wrap, you know, swivel it around the rim. It adds something to the drink. And you may notice that it's not exactly a dark color of green, mm -mm. but I decided it needs to be this shade of green, especially for you, Grassi, just to remind you that the Seattle Seahawks live rent-free in your head. This was... This was going so well. I, I complimented <laughs> your, your drink. I complimented so many things and just right off. Listen, you got to live up to the moniker because Jim B, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put football to the side for right this second. Cause I feel like, I feel like we got, we got to talk about some stuff here. Okay. Absolutely. I don't want to put that to the side. So Jim B, you shocked the world. You shocked the world when we did the 100 K video. Because as you know, you know, I, I gave opportunities for fans, you know, to kind of send in some videos, repping the PackCast merch, repping the Grassy Posse merch. And I think it was like a week or so before the video, because like they all the submissions were there. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to leave them for when we get close to 100K because we like hit 90 in June. And then it was like two months before we were at, or three months before we were actually going to hit 100. Mm -hmm. I think it was like the week of. And I opened, I was like, oh, cool. Jim B sent one. And I watch it. And at the very end, it's revealed that you're wearing a lion's hat. That, yep, that's, that's, that is the one. 
And I have to say it rocked me to my core because it, I actually, like, I remember watching cause I was going through a bunch of videos and I saw it and I literally just stopped and I was like, just like an inside joke kind of thing. Like maybe, maybe he made like an innuendo of like, ha lions suck. And I watched it again and I was like, oh no. Like it's, it's, it's that. Like, yeah. So please explain to me how a Lions fan found their way over to not only be a fan of the channel, but rise in the ranks of to infamy level, all while maintaining your illusion. Okay. Um, you want the short version? I want the, short, the longest version, version you could possibly give me. Okay. Start with your childhood. I could possibly give you. Um, yes. All right. So we do start in childhood, actually. Um, so I'm used to disappointment because I grew up in the D.C. area and I was a Washington fan. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yesterday. Yesterday was nice. Hey. No, I, I, I was happy for the team. I was happy for Alex Smith. I really was. It was, yes. it was an exciting thing to watch. 100%. However, I got this weird experience because in my, in my zero to 10 years in childhood, I grew up in like the heyday of, you know, Joe Gibbs coaching and, you know, the, the hogs on the offensive line and the crazy hogette fans were the overweight guys who wear pig noses and dresses to the games and, you know, did all sorts of charity work and were just a wonderful spectacle to see. Yeah. So I got a little bit of that on the periphery. I wasn't really aware of it. But then the owner, Jack Kent Cook, died and his foundation ended up selling to Daniel Snyder. And by the time I started becoming a really enthusiastic fan, they were being driven into the ground. Yes. And so I got the experience of watching the team that I loved just absolutely destroyed by somebody who thought that they knew how to build a football club when their greatest experience was six flags. So, <sighs> and so, so I kind of get, I kind of gave up on being a serious fan because I found myself getting really angry sure. when the team would do bad. And it, I just found it really horrible and unhealthy for me so i left i left football behind for a while years passed move out to chicago and have you ever been to chicago just i have funds okay like chicago is a big sports city yes yeah not just because of the ang misplaced anger or the heroin <laughs> like there are there are teams you know for almost every section of the city and yeah like a lot of people bring their fandoms with them like to you know the Big Ten, Big 12, NSC North is represented. Hell, there's even a punk club over on Lincoln Avenue that has a Bills bar. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fun, like most, most, most fun football experience I ever had here was at a Kansas City Chiefs bar for the playoffs when they were playing the Texans. And the oh, fans yeah. were so nice. And they bought the Texans fans beers and said, hey, listen. We're beating the crap out of you, but we will probably get our ass kicked. You'll come back and kick our ass. It's okay. It was so nice and so fun. So wholesome. Like, yeah, so wholesome. Like, I loved that, you know, just that, that supportive atmosphere. And I decided when I, when I was like, okay, I'm enjoying football again. I might as well throw my hat in the ring for a team. And just one day I went to a sort of secondhand clothes store with a friend of mine and they like specialized in like video game and like old sports memorabilia. Right. And they had a hat rack of like, like a winter hats for teams, but they only had three teams in the rack. And those teams happened to be the 49ers, the Vikings and the lions. And I thought to 
my brain just said to myself, I want a sports hat. I like blue. And that's how I became a Lions fan. So, okay. So hold, hold on. <laughs> so like I got the most extensive, wonderful background and it's like building up and building up. And you're like, I went to the Salvation Army and there were three hats and I was like, yeah, sure. Why not this one? <laughs> pretty much. That's the thing though. Like my background turned out to be like pretty serendipitous as far as being a Lions fan, because yeah. like since the, since the Fords bought the team, the fan base has known nothing but misery and smashed hopes. Yes. You know? And so I, I realized that I'd really made the right choice. <laughs> You're just like, listen, change is not always good. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep this feeling yeah. in perpetuity. Yeah. But also, also, well, I was also a really big hockey fan. Mm. When I was a kid, I, that was my really big sport, and I and the Washington Capitals broke my heart year after year in the playoffs. So, when they finally won the cup a couple of years ago, I was you know so happy and so glad that I was like, yes, it does pay off. It will happen. It can happen, you know. And that's kind of my goal now. I want to be there, you know, just to celebrate when they finally break, like the. I was here when the Cubs won the World Series and the yeah. city just absolutely lost their mind. You know, they were so elated. And uh, I, I myself had a parade of screaming people going past my window well into the morning. And I was just thinking, I hope they don't win for another hundred years after this. I still gotta go to work. <laughs> but, you know, that's really what I'm waiting for now is, you know, just keeping my fingers crossed and I'm not going to, base my life and live or die around whether they win the Super Bowl, but it will be great to see them, you know, finally get over that hump and yeah. get the Lombardi. Yeah. I, you, and that, you know, it's funny because I've, I've obviously talked to many Alliance fans and I, I've talked to many like Browns fans, like the, the, the themes were exactly what you're saying. It's like, listen, all I've known is pain. Like that's, that's all there's been. So when it does pay off, whether it's five years, 10 years, whenever, when it does happen, it's going to be just such a release and it's going to be amazing. And you could be like, hey, I was there. Like I was there at the ground level and I, I, I bought in early. Exactly. I mean, you know, to use my other example, the Cubs fandom for like the years before that, like they basically treat Cubs games like a party. Yeah. You know, the unofficial motto of Wrigleyville is, did you like college? Did you wish it would last forever? Welcome to Wrigleyville. And, you know, the baseball game was always kind of second best, and it was just a nice surprise on top if they won, when yeah. the team was doing well. Yeah. There you go. That's that. I mean, that sounds solid. So I, I have to I have to point out two things about your story. One, <laughs> thank God you didn't pick the Vikings because that – this would have been a very different conversation. <laughs> this would that would have yeah. been. No. I had I had some bad childhood memories of the Vikings beating up on Washington, so I was going to be kind of st steered away from those. And my mom actually is a Chargers fan, oh. and yeah, like she she spent a good portion of her life in in San Diego, and that was the okay. football team she glommed onto, and so. The only time that she really got to see them, you know, go anywhere was when they got smacked around in the Super Bowl by the 49ers. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of like, you know, for my mom's sake, I'm not picking the 49ers. That makes sense. Okay. So really it was just pure destiny that that one random hat 
happen to be there and it really chose you. It's like a starter Pokemon. It really, it chooses you and you're like, okay, this is, this is the one I'm going to go with. Okay. Exactly. But also I really like blue. Uh, but you like, I mean that we got to talk about priorities here. So absolutely the blue, the blue definitely kicks in there. So, okay. And then I have to also bring up, so you, you moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Was there any point where you're like, maybe I'll give the bears a shot. I ran into too many bears fans for that to be a reality. Oh, I love that answer so much. That might be one of my favorite answers in the history of this podcast. Okay. You know what? That There's no need for elaboration. I got it. I I so got it. So you, you, you do all that. You become a Lions fan. And then you, when, when did you start? I feel like it's, it's been a while now. You, you've been, it's you've been, been a, a while. Part. Sorry, you had to. Yeah, 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 a little bit. It's been it, you've been part of the posse for quite some time now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not old. I'm sort of like a I'm sort of like a mid mid level mid level guy. I'm no secret underdog or or Luke or any of those guys. <laughs> but um, I ended the you basically the YouTube algorithm kind of kind of uh, steered me your way somehow or another. I ended up uh, watching urinating tree i think he just got randomly recommended to me one time gotcha one of his uh you know low cow videos and yeah. it's like all right you know i'm digging this it's sure. it's cool you know he could he the the righteous anger and you know the the histories of the team i can dig that yeah and then it just pointed pointed you to me and i was like all right cool and uh is it, it was a combination of uh i think the the willingness to talk to other people's fans mm. and just the, uh, the absolute, uh, it was the energy, really mm. the energy that I got from, from your, from your videos and from the people in the chat that made me want to stick around. And like I told you, it was that broadcast with, uh, the Cowboys and the bears with your dad ca- calling him Trubinsky over and over again. And that just being established as his name from then, I was like, this is my channel. They're That's willing it. to just rip on people for the sake of it. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. Hell yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Well, Jim B, it's uh, absolutely. You've, you've been a staple now in which there is lore for you on the channel. The never-ending saga between, of course, Team Jim B and Team Jimmy, which rages on like wildfires in the night. Yeah, I'd like to point out that most of the attacking is done on Jimmy's end. I I do not go after him because I believe this is a community for people to come together. And you know, I I would just like to point out that I have never once, you know, taken any of Jimmy's profiles pictures and attempted to imitate him in the chat or or done that to any of the other mods, for example. Ooh. Oof, there, there are shots being fired uh, at this current see, moment. There, there's a reason you're not getting a new Xbox, Jimmy. That, that's it, buddy. Yeah, you, you know. If you know, you know. And mm-hmm. so, Jimby, uh, I'm so happy you're on this journey with us because I do want to get kind of your thoughts. You're talking about kind of uh, the, the bog of eternal stench that the Detroit Lions have been. And listen, I, I talk about the Lions... Every year, and I feel like every year I start off and I'm like, yeah, this could be it. Like they could be that wild card team. Like they're the ones who could sneak it. I thought about it this year too. Cause I was like, maybe when Matt Patricia was done 
trying to turn Matt Stafford into Tom Brady. Like maybe we could finally get there. Yeah. And then that this was, that was his happened. mistake though. That was his Again? mistake though. Yeah. yeah. Is that, and uh, this was, this was something uh, that uh, I learned in my, in my prior life doing uh, improv comedy mm. uh, is that, you know, building, building a bit, building a scene is that you establish something that becomes a rule of the universe that you're creating right there and that you build upon it and become something weird or glorious or dramatic or sad or ideally funny. And that is one of the best ways, you know, to build something that is great, strong, and can be appreciated, you know, like a house, brick by brick by brick by brick Understood. from the ground up. You know, Patricia, you know, not working with what was there and essentially trying to force, you know, this hexagonal peg into a triangular hole, you know, and doing it with the attitude of, I came from this winning culture. I know what it's all about. You know, that, that, <sighs> yeah, you know, I get you. So <sighs> at, at what point, like, so, cause I found that the fan base was kind of split on this. Like, I feel like after the first year, they're like, okay, you know, it didn't work out. We'll give Patricia another shot, right? Like, you know, we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. And I want to say like last year, it looked like, it looked more like Matt Stafford in which it was like, okay, you're kind of like letting him play to his strengths a little bit. Like, okay, maybe there's going to be some improvement. At what point are you looking at it? Is it this year? Is it last year that you're like, yeah, no, this is not going to work out with Patricia. It was the year. It was the year that he was hired and they didn't make the playoffs mm. because they had had two playoff appearances under Jim Caldwell, going yes. nine and seven, but still nine and seven gets you into the playoffs. Then it gets you into the playoffs, and that's all that matters. Yep. And you know, to regress like that, you know, with you know the same talent that you have, or do or taking measures to improve it, you know, that's just not that's just not cool. And you know, hearing you know whispers come out of the team that you know he had an attitude and that the players didn't respect him. And through a lot of the angrier Lions fans that I have, you know, watched and listened to about this, it is, and as you know, once, you know, the, the fans just care about results, you know, the yeah. players, they want to, they want a leader, but they also want somebody who isn't going to make them feel like they're, you know, complete fuck ups yeah. every time they step onto the field. And, Matt Patricia, he he just didn't it didn't feel like he earned the right to be a gigantic asshole to the players. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I get that. You I, know, at least have some results behind it. Like if you're gonna be a total toolbox, like at least you like earned it and be like, okay, like I you know what? At least he's letting go. He like he's making us win games. It's just in any situation where a safe word is involved, you have to make sure you have earned the right to take a dump on somebody. 100 percent hundred percent. That's a rule that goes beyond football, but yes, absolutely. In every facet of life. <laughs> and so, I mean, so Matt Patricia obviously gets fired. Um, yeah. Hallelujah. Which I, which listen, talking about Cubs winning the world series. Like that's, that's uh no, no, it's not, it's not Cubs winning the world series. It's like, you know, our, our long regional nightmare is over. I see. I don't know. I don't know if the guy, that, the guy they've got now, they're going to keep him through the rest of the season, but I'm going to, I am going to, you know, hope that he does well on the interim basis and they at least, you know, finish out 500 under the games that he plays. I would love that. Yeah. Because it would show, 
it would show that the team is better better without Patricia than it was. Yeah. And listen, I mean, one and oh, beat, beat yeah, the Bears. Absolutely. That is, a, that is the start. And to be honest, I know this is going to sound controversial, but I think that the Lions should have drafted Jordan Love. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay. One of, the con- one of the things that I have noticed – you know, through my, through, you know, years keeping the lines in my periphery, but even more so is that Matthew Stafford has gotten, you know, knocked around like a pinball in a machine, essentially all of the injuries, you know, all the brutality and it's a little better, a little better this year, but not by much. He is, I think that, I think that panic is still in him that he's got to get rid of the ball quickly. He is rushed. He doesn't have the time like Rogers does in the pocket. And, you know, that's something I think that the Packers have, you know, they've realized they got a good quarterback. They got to protect him. And, you know, you know, that's a thing that a lot that teams forget. They can't just, you know, win on the strength of a quarterback. If the quarterback's dead in week seven, then you are completely screwed. Yep. You know, is why the, why the, why Washington, you know, was strong for so many years in the 80s and early 90s because of those hogs, you know, aside from the unfortunate incident with Joe Theismann, because they protected the quarterback and that kept them in contendership all those years. So, and I think this was the time for them to, you know, start with somebody new and do the same thing that you've been saying the Packers are doing with Jordan Love. Keep him on the bench. Let him learn from Stafford, you know? Yeah. And, you know, build up his knowledge, build up his confidence so that in a couple of years, if, you know, Stafford falls off or we decide, hey, let's give you to a team where you can maybe get a shot at a title because we know we're not there yet, they can start that established rookie. And, you know, just like, you know, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, in a way, the good quarterback play can continue. Yeah. Now, did you think that they should have drafted him over Okuda like do you think that they should have gone like that early or is it more of like trade out of that spot so then you can pick him up later in like the first round I think they I think they probably could have gotten him in the second round to be honest I mean I would have taken I would have taken Okuda you know the fact that you know he hasn't been lighting the world on fire this season is a little bit of a disappointment but just to just to have somebody who was established as a good player yeah in college that people would say oh this is a noteworthy person what are you going to do with him we're going to build him up so that he can you know go out and be an all-star get his game on go play you know very much Which, so. and i think that's that's also got to be a shift in the mindset that the lions need to have is not the we're just going to you know buy star buy stars and win now it's got to be we got to establish a a culture of consistency Mm -hmm. and you know you know realize where our strengths are where weaknesses are every year and plan for those as best we can and not expect you know one new player that we draft in the first round to come around and save us that doesn't work out that never works out no you know i mean nobody expected washington you know to suddenly become a defensive powerhouse yeah this season yeah i mean and it's it's years through the draft too. Like it's completely like Dylan, like Montez sweat, obviously chase young, you know, they, they, they slowly year after year built up that defense. 
Like, you know, and it was through being crappy, right? And getting those mm-hmm. really, really high draft picks. So you're you're basically saying, like, if the Packers don't go for Jordan Love in the first round, if he's there in the second round, like, take him. Absolutely. Or at least, you know, show that they have an eye toward the future. Pardon me. Can't I was about to say, is that a kitty? Yes, it is. That's the kitty. That's the kitty paying the cat tax. There we go. Hello, Internet. This is Angie. She is the angry Chargers fan of the household. She is upset that the Chargers are ruining Justin Herbert in the time of his career. As you can tell, it's just unbridled rage. (laughs) Now this show has had it all. Like we've had custom drinks. We've had cat taxes. We've, we've had it all. Like it's, that's it. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. I, and I'm hoping, I am hoping the fact that uh, Sheila is now essentially running the team that things are different. Yeah. I have a little bit of hope for that. And that I have two reasons for that. Uh, one, that photo of her that got spread around online when the Lions lost on Thanksgiving of her sitting in the owner's box with her hands over her face. Yeah. I don't think she's had too much public exposure in regards to you know, being associated with, you know, football and the Detroit Lions like that. So sure. that probably threw her for a loop. And second of all, this is actually reminding me of another franchise coming back from the brink, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, where I don't know how much you know about them, but for years they were a bad to mediocre hockey squad. At a certain point, their owner actually instituted a local TV blackout whenever the games didn't sell out. So if the Blackhawks didn't sell out for a game, nobody in the city could watch it on TV. Damn. Dick move. Dick move. So he dies, his son gets the team, and his son says, screw it. We are turning this team around. We are not being tight tight wads with our money anymore. We're going to build this team back up. And, you know, he scrapped it for parts, brought in new, pl- brought in new players, tried, did his best to draft well, you know, and said, make this a winning team for this city. A couple of years later, they won the cup when nobody expected them to. Yeah. And I hope that the experience, this sort of trial by fire that she, Sheila has gone through of being, you know, you know, run, run through the ringer on the internet and hearing all the, Hearing all of the, you know, disgruntled fans saying, screw Sheila, sell the team. You are never going to try. The Fords have never tried to win with this team. Sure. I hope that this jumpstarts her to, I guess, put a little more care and effort into it than the other Fords have, you know? Yeah. Well, that- yeah. I think what you're saying too is like, I think you bring up a really, really great point because if you you look at, there's a lot of teams right now that either do not have head coaches, right, heading into this offseason or will not have head coaches. The Jets will mm-hmm. most likely always have Adam Gase because, mm-hmm. you know, they have done something terrible in their previous life and this has now been thrusted upon them. It's but, their penance for giving Joe Namath notoriety. There you go. You know what? I think that you might have hit the nail on the head. And, you know, people talk about like, obviously like the Texans and you have Deshaun Watson, you have the the franchise QB, you have the franchise left tackle, you know, you have some, some anchor pieces that are there. You talk about the Falcons in which like, they're essentially going to be like a rebuild team, right? Who knows how long Matt Ryan's going to be there. Like they're there. That's a whole different story. What I feel like with the lions 
is like, this is one of those things where it actually could be a pretty attractive organization because you're saying, hey, we want the right person for the job, both for GM and of course, also for head coach to come in. And it's kind of like, hey, it's blank slate. Like it's tabula rasa in here. Like you get to essentially go, you could draft a new quarterback, right? Who could sit behind Matt Stafford, like you're saying. You could essentially play with whatever you want, right? You kind of have free reign. And I feel like that could be really appealing. And if they do that the right way, and I know fans are not going to want to hear this, like it probably is going to take a few years, right? If we're trying to say, let's go clean slate and kind of build us back up. Then I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's that might be a little optimistic and say, like, hey, like this could wind, you know, what's what could be worse than this right now? So at least now we have like the hope of some long term success. Exactly. Honestly, that's why I'm hoping that the Lions would hire John Dorsey just to see what he did in Cleveland. Yeah. Which was essentially using all the picks and, you know, squeezing out whatever vantage he could. The only misstep was, you know, trusting Freddie Kitchens. But, you know, somebody else in that head coaching thing, I think the Bronco, the Browns make the playoffs the previous year yeah. instead of astonishing everybody. Oh, I agree. This year. I agree. You know, John Dorsey or someone like him who is willing to, you know, willing to do whatever possible to get the best possible player for every position that they can and say, we are not worrying about winning. We will go out there and fight like hell, but we are building for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, can't, I don't think you go wrong with that. Like if you're actually making progress, I don't think you can go wrong. Cause I feel like we are in such a, you were talking about results oriented fans before. Like we are in such a win now kind of like atmosphere, culture, society, whatever you want to like throw what moniker on there. And it's kind of like, that's why need to go out and get a free agent, need to go get him for the trade deadlines, need to go get blah, 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 blah. And you look around the league and the majority of teams that do that, that spend the most amount of money in free agency, usually don't correlate to the successful teams in the NFL. The ones who are successful for longer periods of time are the ones who draft, develop, bring in guys when it makes sense. And, and that's how you get long-term success. Exactly. Everybody forgets you know, all the years of near success and failure that Andy Reid had as the coach of the Eagles. Oh, and I got yeah. to experience that firsthand because I went to school in Philadelphia during the Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid years when they were so close to winning it all. And my senior year, they went to the Super Bowl and then they lost. Fourth and, and 26. Yeah, I went out and there were actually cop helicopters circling around in Philly ready for the fans to riot, but they were too depressed to riot. Yeah. Like they were just sad. Yeah. And I did not blame them. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Which is why I didn't, I was totally understanding for why they essentially burned the place down when they did win. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You've won, you did it. You earned it. I'm not there. I don't care. Go you crazy. Know, eat that horse dung. I was about to say, it'll, you, it'll good you, for you. you punch that horse in the mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like I hear you. And I think one of the other, I don't want to say controversial, but I think something that the fan base is also split on is Matt Stafford himself, because you talk about, and, and I mentioned this, Adam is my, one of my top 10 quarterbacks, you know, heading into this season, because I think that he is such an underrated player. And I think that it's a mix of, as you alluded to before, he's gotten hit so many times, you know, and, and he's a tough guy. Holy crap, mm -hmm. man. 
the fact that he can take that many hits behind that decrepit offensive line and still be like, okay, let's, let's go second down now. Like if that's, in, it's incredible. The guy has a cannon for an arm has not had a ton of weapons throughout his entire career. Never has had a run game. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that in terms of what his future is going to look like, do you think that he is going to be part of this quote unquote new Detroit lions, whatever this franchise becomes? I have my doubts. I don't think at this point Stafford's pride, pardon the pun, will allow him to quit. I think he will keep playing for as long as he can until his body just will not let him or mm-hmm. until the organization themselves says, um, we're going to go in a different direction, but we will do everything we can to send you off with dignity and let you know, the city and the NFL know how much we appreciate what you've done for us. Cause that's the only option at this point, you know, that he has been through so much hell playing for this team. Not, you know, the least of which I think was the 0 16 season, yeah. you know, I, I, I would love it if he was, but unless there is some grand resurgence, if the lions like are 10 and six, and make the playoffs next year as the sure, wild sure, sure. behind the Green Bay Packers, who will obviously win the division again. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I doubt it. And I feel bad for saying that, but at this point, you know, rock bottom, rock bottom is easier to, cl- to climb out of, I think, than constant mediocrity, which is yeah. what the lines have had to go through many, many years. People remember 0-16 just because it was like the first time since the 1970s that a team had gone 0-16. Yeah. But then we had the Browns, and now it looks like we're going to have the Jets. You know, RIP Springsteen. I was about to say, sorry, Springsteen. But, but, you know, it was another thing that I remember from my periphery is that the Lions were always one of those teams that maybe they're going to be good, maybe maybe they're not. Yeah. You know, after, after Barry Sanders quit on them, you know, it was like, oh, Oh, that that doesn't bode bode well, and it, <laughs> it didn't bode well. It could have been boding better, yeah, for, for that organization that they lo- that they lost, you know, an all star player simply because they they refused to build around him and just were content to let him carry the load, much as they were allowing Stafford to carry the load for so many years. Well, I, <sighs> you know, I think that it's funny because I've talked about this a few times too. That you you I think in terms of the green Bay Packers, you have Aaron Rodgers, who literally for years carried that football team. And in the vast majority of cases, that's not successful. Like you don't make the playoffs as many times as the Packers did. Like you need that once in a generation talent to pull that off. And the lions who I think have an incredibly talented quarterback in Matthew Stafford, that just goes to show like, hey, this is why you build around your franchise players. I mean, look at Joe Burrow, right? We talk about him. You know, I don't know what Joe Burrow's career is going to look like, but he's had a great rookie season thus far. You know, they don't have an offensive line. The guy gets hammered week in and week out, suffers a season-ending injury. And like how many times you see it with Andrew Luck, you see it with RG3, you know, you see it over and over and over again. And, I, and, I, and that's one of those questions that always in the back of my mind of like the what ifs. If like if a Matthew Stafford goes to a team that has an offensive line 
how good is he? Like, how far is he in those conversations? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. But that's the problem. You can't really get hung up on the what ifs. Thinking yeah. about the what ifs will drive you crazy. You Trust know, me, trying know. to contemplate, you know, all the possible paths and unknowns, whether it's, you know, the glories of football team or where your childhood trauma came from, you know, Lots of places. it's, it is not, not healthy to think about what might've been. Yeah. You know, it is only, it's only good to, you know, to look at what, what has happened and, you know, hope, hope for better things for the future and appreciate when things, when things went well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I completely and totally agree with that. Um, looking ahead, you were mentioning about the season, kind of like the season outlook, um, you know, hoping to finish, you know, 500, you know, fi- finish with a good, re- hopefully, you know, if you finish in third place and the bears finish in fourth place, I will be the happiest person on the history of this planet. Um, in terms of Sunday. So last year and the year prior to, the Lions gave the Packers a lot of problems, like a lot of problems. Um, this year, you know, obviously we have one up on you um, now being played in Detroit uh, this coming Sunday. How do you see this game going? Because divisional games obviously are incredibly difficult to try and predict. They can go, you know, wherever the Broncos looked really good. Well, I wouldn't say really good, but they were competitive against the, the Chiefs. How do you see this Sunday going? Packers are going to win. The only thing that I would like to see is I would like to see the defensive line and the linebackers for the Lions annoy Aaron Rodgers because Mm. they're not known for being a very good defense, either in, you know, defending the run or quarterback pressure. I want to see someone on in on that line or in that linebacker core make Rodgers day hell. You know, get in there, hurry him up, you know, knock him down one sack. If they get one sack and put him on edge, you know, that would be a victory for me. Because that would that would show me, you know, that there is somebody on the team that is, you know, worth, you know, keeping around and building Mm -hmm. around. Because right now, if you ask me off the top of my head, I can't name a single single person on the Detroit defense that stands out to me, which is not to say you cannot win with a no-name defense. Sure. One of the one of the teams from my youth that I remember was when the Indianapolis Colts famously went on an amazing run with what they called the no-name defense. Yeah. And they made it all the way to the AFC championship. They lost, but you know, it was basically a very well-coached group of people that nobody expected to do well, but they were you know, they were organized well, they played well, and they made people fear them. And nobody fears the Detroit Lions defense right now. I want one one sign that there's something on this defense that is worth keeping around for the future. That is not worth trading away yeah. for draft capital or other players, younger players that could be developed within a new system that a new coach brings in. It's, you know... What, what will the future yeah. of our team be and who do we want for the rebuild? Well, I think, you know, you bring up a really, really good point too. Cause I feel like that's what the front office is looking at too. It's like, listen, if we are going with that assumption that like we're cleaning house, like we are starting from scratch, you need to earn your spot, right? Like show that you mm-hmm. want to be on this football team, play for this organization, you know, and, and fight, even though we're not, we might not make the playoffs, you know, whatever, you know, it's not the result that we wanted. 
show it. You know what I mean? And I think that that's one of the most confusing things for me too. You bring in a guy like Matt Patricia, who's supposed to be this defense savant, like supposed to be like this amazing defensive mind. The Detroit defense doesn't get any better. And I think like that is part of it. people were saying, sure, should we bring in Matt Patricia as defensive coordinator? And I was like, nope, no, just get out. Like, just, just leave, just get out. So I, you know, I think hire him as a concession stand salesman. If you want. <laughs> he could drive and the, he could drive the cart around. He's really good at that. He could deliver the beers to the, to the different vendors around the, around the stadium. Although I doubt many of them would survive the trip. Yeah. It's <sighs> not, not good. Yeah. I mean, that's, not that's good. for me is like, cause that defense, I want to say it was might've been last year. might've been two years ago where I was like, watch out for their defensive line. Cause their defensive line should be pretty darn good. And it just never flourished in anything. I don't know if that was leadership. I don't know if that was personnel. Cause I know you went out and got some big names and it just, it yeah. just didn't pan out. It did. It did not. And the fact, and the fact that it did not, I, at this point, fully, fully attribute to Patricia coming in with the, I, I wrote a great play that won us the Super Bowl attitude, which is, you know, not, not entirely true. All your accomplishments up to this point mean nothing if you don't produce Agreed. anything in the future. Agreed. And I, and I think it, you know, so many people when the Packers are looking for a head coach was looking at a guy like Josh McDaniels. And listen, I don't know what Josh McDaniels is like as a head coach, you know, in 2020. But, you know, I think like how many more times do we need proof that like it's Bill Belichick? <laughs> like it, it's, it's him. Like unless you get Bill Belichick, you're not going to get Bill Belichick's results because his tree it's not going so well. Like it's, it's not, yeah. you know, growing without his roots. Yeah. And Josh McDaniels only had like, I think like one fluke year in Denver and then kind of cratered. Oh after yeah. That, after oh yeah. The, no, they gave him a bunch of money. In it. Was, yeah. After the surprise of Tim Tebow and all that nonsense. Yep. And as soon as people figured out, Oh, that's the only trick that they have, then we'll smother that and we'll do. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not about that, but yeah, I, it, I think it's going to be very curious to see what the Lions franchise turns into because, I, like I said, I, and I'm hopeful for you guys that, like, again, you're going to kind of, even if it's, like, from square one, build the team back up right, get the pieces that you need, probably invest in an offensive line so whatever quarterback is behind there doesn't get murdered uh, for, well, you know, you the know, majority of the games. Be doesn't, nice. you know, doesn't, you know, wake up streaming at night, Khalil back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I still do that. So that's, yeah, I understand that. I understand that PTSD. But Jim B, this has been an absolute pleasure. I, I so appreciate you coming on, having a drink with me, sharing some stories. And uh, this, was, this was utterly fantastic. So I want to thank you for that. And please tell the people, besides obviously in all of the game chats, where can people find the epicness that is Jim B. Well, uh, if you ever see a flickering shadow in the blind spot of your vision, mm. and then you turn and you swear you saw a shadow just scuttle out of sight, mm. and the air smells a little bit smokier than mm. it was, that's where you'll find me. But failing that, you can also find me on Twitter at, <laughs> at Jim Birchall. That will be listed in the description, spelled correctly, so that you will be able to get to it, ideally. Right, Tom? I mean, you're going to send it to me, so yeah. Yes, I will. 
listen, you'll always be Jim B to me. That that's that's all it's gonna be. Like it, it's you'll be like, I'm gonna get a letter one day from Jim Burr. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Like it's unless it's listen, Papa Grassi knows he has Jimmy B. Right? He puts on the little, I'm like, Dad, you can't, you can't. It's it's Papa Grassi kid, it's Jim B. You can't. Yeah. Well, he also he's also the one who created Trubinsky, so I sure. don't expect him to get every single name right. Listen, it's you know, he's getting up there, it's you know, it's fine. It's it it's fine. He's a Cowboys fan, he's been through a lot. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But Jim B, I, I appreciate you coming on. I, I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, I look forward to to seeing you, obviously, in the uh, in the chats to come. And uh, thank you for being part of the Grassy Posse. You are greatly appreciated, my friend. Thank dude, you, it's, dude. Really, it's all it's all you. Like I said in that hundred K video, you have done your best to create, you know, a space for people to appreciate the the sport and do it in a way that is positive and constructive and, you know, acknowledging the good and the bad therein. And just, just like the sport has done for so many years, improving it into a better state of being all the time. Well, cheers to that, my friend. Cheers to that. Mm. Fucking A. <laughs> well, you know where to find me on the things. You know, you could find him at TomGrassyComedy.com or Tom Grassy on any of the social medias they stay, see down below. And thank you again to all of the Patreon donators and the YouTube members. But until then, this is Tom freaking fracking Grassy. And as always, it was Tom Grassy comedy. But other than that, perfect. Go Pack Go. <laughs> <laughs>